0: If you go three for ten hitting, batting 300, you're amazing. If you go three for ten, finding three prospects that are solid, you are doing a great job.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what I used to say to my parents growing up. They're like, you don't do anything we, we ask you. I'm like, I do like three out of every ten. And that makes me or a in hall my of case,
0: in my case with ten kids, we got like three good kids. <laughs> yeah, seven of right. them, we got to let go. <laughs>
2: Triple and
1: home run in one game.
3: And he is hit for the cycle. Alright,
1: welcome back to the cycle. I'm your host, Pat McGann. Kevin Bozeman is with me this week. Kevin, we got a great episode to share with our cyclers, cyclists, whatever you want to call our, Let's call them our cyclists. Cyclists, our fans yeah. that I know are downloading and telling all their friends about this tremendous podcast. You guys have been with us from the start, and we appreciate it. We're bringing it this week. Two guests, Darius Fleming, who uh, most recently played for the New England Patriots. He's a Super Bowl champion. And then we just had a conversation with Buddy Bell.
0: You know, it's, it's weird when you're when you growing up and you have these dudes' baseball cards, and now you're sitting there interviewing them. I mean, you, <laughs> right. like, you, know, you don't want to gush over and be like, dude, I got the one where you had your, your glove out and you have that weird pose, even though you know you don't feel the ball that way, but still.
1: And Buddy <laughs> Bell still looks good, man. He's like, yeah. he's staying in shape, and he's a very nice dude. He's a vice president of player development here. He is also um, a uh, assistant to Rick Hahn. He played major league baseball for 18 years. He's from a baseball family, and uh, a great guy. A lot of insight. A lot of uh, uh, great references. I didn't realize uh, the major league, that whole deal with the Indians. Yeah, the about movie. how true it was.
0: Yeah, uh, that. And then when you factor in like that, and then Fleming, like the, like that's what's good about this podcast. Like it's a well-rounded. Like it's it's very. Uh, Good characters that you that we were interviewing. I love that you're from all aspects.
1: You're finally complimenting the podcast and not just yourself. Myself, dude. Your questions are, buddy. Like it's hard to be buddy. We just talked to to buddy. It's it's pal, (laughs) pal.
0: It's hard to be my friend sometimes
2: because
0: you got to understand. Like it's I compliment myself first. I grew up. I'm the youngest of ten. Yes, I know. I know. So you know, like it's it was hard to get compliments from anyone.
1: It's great that his name is Buddy because that that is my go to if I forget someone's name. Like buddy. if I see someone, I'm say, like, "Hey, hey, buddy, what's up, man? Yeah. Do you? What do you? What's your? What's your uh, homie? Homie? Yeah. What up, homie? See, I yeah. You, get away you, with that. you can never. <laughs> and
0: you nor <laughs> should you, nor should you. Like that's that's a reason to never talk to you again. If he's like, "What's up, homie? I'd be like, "You know what? Let's just. End uh us. you're
1: you're almost forty and you're white. We're, we're
0: done. <laughs> we're done being friends, homie.
1: Yeah, homie. See, you can get away with that. There's another thing you can get away with. You, t- when I sometimes I'll text you, I'll be like, "Hey, I'll be at Zany's in like a half hour," and then you'll text me back, "Word." <laughs>
0: Like <laughs> I love it. That's my my favorite thing from the '90s that I refuse to drop. I want to.
1: I want to text
0: that. You got to do it like that because it's funny. Because they go, "Oh, you're just trying to be funny," but I'm doing it like it's a serious <laughs> no, thing. I know. It's got two different. It's got two different meanings. But word, yeah, word.
1: Sometimes you'll hang up the phone. When we get out the phone, you'll be like that. I'm like, all right, man. You're like, word.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, the words, I'm the like, words, like, goodbye, goodbye.
1: <laughs> well then, goodbye, Kevin. See
0: you later, friend. So long. Word. Yeah, I'm going to start doing that. Do it. But, but, but just
1: I start with me first. and Sarah then Sarah will text me. I'm on the 445 train tonight. And no, I'll just text her back. Word. And you know, she'll be like, You were hanging out with Kevin. <laughs> 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 how about it? Oh, man. So, Buddy Bell. I love the name. And, and uh, Buddy Bell, it, BB. I was thinking uh, there's a lot of famous people with BB.
0: Oh, don't know how famous, but White Sox had uh, Britt Burns. Britt Burns. Oh, we just do White Sox players and be over. No, I don't minute. think we could do that. Britt Burns, Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonilla—that's two White Sox. Yep. Bobby oh, Bonilla man. played for the White Sox for a, for a hot minute. Then yes, he went he to. Then he went to Pittsburgh. Pirates. Yeah. Pirates, and then uh, the
1: the Mets. I, I was at a game, and she threw out a first pitch for the White Sox. Bonnie Blair. What? Bonnie Blair. The Olympic speed skater. Oh, 88. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, she won yeah. Olympic she was gold.
0: The, or also. Known as the last woman to successfully pull off a mullet. <laughs> yeah, she did. It was solid.
1: <laughs> she, yeah. Some women try.
0: She she pulled off the she pulled off the mullet. So uh, like you
1: might want to put that speed skate hood back on. <laughs> yeah.
0: She she rocked it. She yeah, rocked it. She was it. from Illinois. I don't know. What other BBs are there? Brian Boitano. Brian Boitano. Dude, what have you been watching? Olympics? <laughs> Well, you got the, well, you got the Olympic channel on your cable? How do you?
1: Um, B- Bonnie Blair? I said Bonnie Blair. So but, Barry uh, Bonds is our, is Bobby uh, Bonds.
0: Bobby Bonds. Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds is uh, is the most famous BB, right? Probably. Benny the Bull. Benny <laughs> the Bull.
1: <laughs> that probably doesn't
0: uh, What was Scooter Barry's uh, There's a ton of BB. What was Scooter Barry's? Burt Blylevin. Burt Blylevin? But none better than Barry Bonds, man. Right. Barry Bonds is, but that's easy. Like I'm that's saying he's obvious. the most famous. He's the
2: BBs
0: that we measure all BBs up against. Not
1: anymore, because they haven't been on our podcast. It's Buddy Bell.
0: Buddy Bell. It's Buddy Bell and everyone else is inconsequential. Yeah,
1: right. Got it. <laughs> so enjoy these conversations. Uh, before we do begin them, though, let's uh, mention a couple of things. Kevin and I, w- along with Jim Flanagan, who you've heard on the podcast, we'll be doing Stand Up With The Socks. On Thursday, June second, that's at US Cellular Field right here, Kev, in the Stadium Looking Club. Forward
0: to it, and then Friday, June third, I'll be doing apologize to all the Sox families that I offended. <laughs> 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 You'll be right out of, right
1: out of form letter. Yes. <laughs> You'll be in the PR <laughs> office with right. with Sheena, it's a Sheena shell Quinn. she be like, Kevin, we true. have to. Yes. I don't think you would write a letter. I think you just would never. Like, be here again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kevin, we can never have you here again.
1: <laughs> Word. <laughs> so make sure you join us. It's for the Young Professionals Council. And uh, they're, they're, it's going to be a great night. I know Bill Melton's going to be there, a couple of White Sox ambassadors. That is at whitesox.com slash comedy. And then also, you got to get to the ballpark because the Sox are playing well. We're enjoying watching them. Obviously, uh, they've been on the road a lot, but uh, here comes a big homestand And last this week,
0: week, was a, last week was a tough week for Chicago fans. One, uh, we, I'm not sure where this podcast is gonna, and uh, where when the podcast is ran, where the Blackhawks will be. But they lost game one to yep. the Blues. The Bulls' record fell. And then Kobe Bryant went for 60, which means all drunken Kobe fans will start screaming that he's better than Jordan.
1: Which he's not. I can't even entertain the Golden State thing because the Bulls would, would just dominate them.
0: Look, would they sweep them? I'm not going to say the Bulls would sweep no. a team that only lost nine games. But you have to you have to take a totality of it. Jordan and Pippen in their prime never lost. They're 6-0 in finals. And even still, they won 72 games. The very next year, they won 69. So, like, that that squad is an
1: they all They wouldn't sweep squad. them just because Jordan is – he's a businessman too. You know, he knows. He, he's like, he'll, he'll, get he'll throw Stern in another ratings. game. Here ratings, you I go. I got to
2: –
0: Let's not forget when everybody talked about how good of a shooter Drexler was, Jordan hit six threes in the first half. So don't be surprised if he dropped 12 threes yeah. against that. And Steph. he didn't take
1: 21 shots either. 21 threes. Like I, mean, did last night. I mean, that was that's a lot. I mean, aggressive, Kobe. I don't know if Kobe listens to this podcast, but that's a he lot might, now of that he's retired. He's probably like this. Calm is, down, Kobe. Yeah.
0: This is what he does. He's the black mama. <laughs> yeah, he he's is. The sh- he's a
1: shooter. Well, we got a team from L.A. coming in this week. Uh, the Angels are here. And it's a seven-game homestand. Angels, Rangers. And we got great weather in the forecast. So get to the ballpark. There are tickets available. A couple day games this week. We'd love to see you at the park. We did the food preview earlier, and I ate that cheesy beef. I got to admit, at game two, I'm already – I
0: missed that. Uh, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Because you know what our favorite thing was before, which was the Cubano. Right. Oh
1: no, no no! I'm a loyal guy, man. But you, I'm is, a loyal guy. Cheesy beef is. I can only have every now and then. The Cubano I could eat. That's a, that's our sandwich. still eat right. every day. That's our sandwich. All right, so here we go. Listen to uh, or make sure you get on iTunes. Download. Tell your friends. Review. We love having you guys here with us at the cycle. Deuces. Word. <laughs> Well, Kevin, let's welcome in our guest, our esteemed guest. Esteemed for sure. The cycle is not that old of a podcast, so we're breaking new ground each and every time. This is the first time I believe we've had a vice president. A vice, president, vice president.
0: A vice president also played a hot corner back yeah, in the day. The,
1: the title now is is the least really that we're impressed with, although it is impressive. Vice president, of player <laughs> development, and assistant general manager. We but can this guy, that after it's all done, this, <laughs> this guy is is all is what baseball is. He is all baseball. It is Buddy Bell. Buddy, thanks for joining us. We're here at the cycle.
3: Good to be here. Good
1: to be here we are uh, are thrilled to have you um you're obviously a busy man but but let's talk about when i'm reading your biography and i'm very familiar with you as a baseball fan um but you did not play for the white Sox, which is also interesting to me because most of the people here right former players how did you get involved with the white Sox?
3: well actually uh when i when i got done playing my, my last year was 89 and i got into a sort of a part-time gig with the with the indians and more or less fell in love with player development. Um, I did that for one year, and then Ron Schuler, who was a friend of mine, asked me if I would be interested in being a part of the White Sox player development system, which at that particular time, the title was uh, Director of Instruction, which I ultimately um, decided to do f- for the White Sox. And really, basically, fell in love with the the organization. I stayed here three years only because I had had an opportunity to go back with Cleveland on their major league coaching staff with a really good friend, Mike Hargrove. Sure. So I I stayed away from the White Sox for 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 a number of years. I managed, I coached, and 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 some fans did that when they
1: went on cable. Yeah, (laughs) they stayed (laughs) away for a few years. Yeah.
3: So, but but then I came back, and I've been back here for about eight years. I've been really close to a lot of people in this organization and really feel comfortable in the transition. Actually, I w- after I got done managing in Kansas City, I was going to retire. But I talked to Jerry about possibly coming back, and and it's hard to say no to him. Before. Right, right. And he's such a great friend anyway. So I, I, I'm really comfortable here uh, in Chicago. You
0: have a very important title like vice president of anything is huge but what would your what would your job description be how would you describe what it is my
3: my main job is overseeing the minor league system i also also travel with the major league team at times um, do
1: you get to decide when that happens
3: um uh, more than like i mean t- we more or less take turns rick Goes like, on most of the trips, Jeremy. You guys are going to Detroit.
1: Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Catch up with you in New York.
3: <laughs> I'll already be there, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll right. meet you
0: guys in New York.
3: <laughs> so, uh, but my main job is overseeing the minor league system. That, that's my passion. That's what I, I really enjoy doing. And what, what that means is you are in charge of the instruction, You're, you, you have 50 staff members. You have 170 players. See, it's really sort of it's a it's, it's a tough job in overseeing. But the, the 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 caveat to that is that the staff members are awesome. So I don't really do a whole lot. They they you're like a boss. Yeah. I, so I'm really <laughs> getting vice president. Comes I'm in. getting getting good at delegation and and things like that. But I'm I'm really. Well, you fortunate. hit up
0: you hit up the circuit though you go to the Class A, yeah, AA, and I love it and AAA.
3: Yeah, I love it. You know, uh, shoot. At, at times you'll go to Kanapolis, you will have ten people in the stands, and then you go to Charlotte and you got ten thousand people. Yeah. In the stands. yeah, that's a great. So stadium. it's such a a, 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 a a different way to see a game. You know, you you at, at times you have to get your own heart started. You know, Erin Charlie, you can go, and it, it's, it's it's sort of like being in Chicago, even though it's not quite the same arena. What's but. the – what's
0: the when you're – like so player development, what's the first thing you look for? If you're going, if you're going to see a guy, what's the uh, first thing that you're looking there's, for?
3: There's just that, – that, that's a great question, by the way, but it's very simple. You, I'm you full of great playing. questions. I'm like, yeah, full I, of great questions. So <laughs> he, he's just, full of complimenting I, I, I himself, just, too.
0: Don't, don't worry, <laughs> more coming. Don't If you worry that there's yeah. not great questions, there's more coming. Just – you just yeah. stayed a course. That, that,
3: you, you, I, the first thing I look at is how a guy plays. I, does he play hard? Does, does he compete? Does, We're is talking he, about baseball, right? Yeah. Is he? Was that a
1: great question? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's not a. It, that is not a hard question to answer, I should say. But it was a good question. But um, I, I. It's very easy to see if a guy competes. If if he's a little edgy, I like the the edginess. Maybe football mentality type guys i like that kind of approach and i think you can see that right away sometimes you got to dig a little bit deeper into the into a kid and you'll find it that out later on so you can't necessarily make a uh the first impression isn't always right a good one where do you
1: put like the stats and analytics into where you prioritize like no but this this kid has something special it's not about
3: yeah um that also is a good question by the way. It's um, <laughs> like we're tied up, Pat. <laughs> Nice work, Pat. The, um, I, I don't look at the stats uh, on a daily basis because I think that's really, really misleading because I think, you know, getting back to the, the, the football uh, analogy is that they play every Sunday. And if you look at baseball and you just do it on a daily basis, then you, it can really sway, you, you know, you're thinking of a player because – for the most part, you are as a baseball player. You're failing. You're not. You know, it's a it's a it's, you know three out of ten times. Right. Yeah, 300 it's a three hundred or so. Family. So you're 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 screwing up <clears throat> most of the time. So you got to be really careful about how you look at the stats. I look at stats on a ten day basis for the most part to see if a guy's hot or cold or whatever. Maybe you know there's something we're doing mechanically that that we have to to fix or that that's not working. So we have to sort of change lanes in that regard. But um, I, I pay a lot of attention to the numbers, but not 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 ever on a daily basis.
1: Have you seen that happen though before, where you think that this guy is a, a can't miss, yes. but then maybe mentally they just get yeah. overwhelmed, like it's just too much for them to. Yeah.
3: Quite often. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been wrong as far as if I think a guy can play in the big leagues or not. And I. I was fortunate to play in the big leagues for eighteen years, so you would think I would know better, right?
1: It's almost like hitting if you write three out of ten yeah. times on scouting.
3: Yeah, no, that that's exactly right. And, and but the game is so fast in the major leagues; it's just you, it, it's hard to explain. But when You see it in the minor leagues, and you sort of forget how it's played in the major leagues sometimes because the ball once the ball is in play, it's the quickest game in the world. Because there's so many decisions that have to be made in, in just a, in just a split second. So the game gets really fast for for a lot of these kids and they just can't 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 do it at that level. Uh, so I have to be really careful about how I evaluate and you take everything into consideration, your makeup, your obviously your skills and tools and things like that. Obviously all these things, Together should give you a pretty good evaluation, but unfortunately, you're not always right. So,
0: eighteen years, eighteen years in the game, and then so what? People might not know is that you're also a son of a of a baseball player. Right. So, I mean, this is especially with in the White Sox. Yeah, you were born on. into this game. Right. You, yeah. How much time did you spend in the in a in the clubhouse as a kid? Not much. Not
3: not not nearly as not as been much as some other kids. Lately. Right. <laughs> so. No, we weren't allowed to, to 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 be a part of the the clubhouse atmosphere at all. We, uh, I I I have three boys myself, and they've all played professional baseball, and th- they grew up in a little bit differently than even I did. Do you
1: look at yourself as their father or? A- were you doing player development then, too? <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I'm like any other father. Bat and practice, then like... din dinner. <laughs> yeah. Bat and practice, yeah. dinner.
3: <laughs> I'm like any other father. I think the advantage that, that I have is that I, I really understand how hard it is to play. So I don't. Sure. So I, I can kind of get it in that regard. And your dad was a solid player, too.
1: Gus yeah, Bell. Yeah. Four-time All-Star. Right, right. Was he, did he push you to baseball in uh, a sense? Or I'm sure you had natural ability because of the.
3: No, again, I think he 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 was like any other father. First of all, I didn't put my father on a pedestal because he was a baseball player. I put him on a pedestal because he was my father. Yeah. You know, so that was first. And and why I looked at it that way, I, I basically thought everybody's father was a baseball player. So it, we were we never really very talked about. It Mine much. wasn't. Brad yeah. you might want Brad you might Brad, you might want to put some soft
0: music into this when you're talking about. I looked at him as a dad and then just play yeah. soft music.
1: Yeah. I read this about your father and about your son, and this is fitting because it's called the cycle. They both hit for the cycle, and then they're, they're the only grandfather and uh, grandson combo yeah. to hit for the cycle. Yeah, that was
3: my son David, yeah. I, I and now look at you. Playing. You're rounding
1: out the generation yeah, number three. Yeah, I missed that. I, you're, I no, missed you're it. on I the never, cycle right I, now.
3: I, yeah, I came close <laughs> a couple times. I never was able to do it, but my dad and my, and my son did it. So
1: That's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So when you are growing up the son of a major league player and then you get into the big leagues yourself – do, were you looking to him for advice constantly, or?
3: Um, I was. He wasn't always available be, because he always let the coaches do their work. You know, he, he 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 seemed to know when I really needed it the most. But for the most part, he let me try to figure it out myself. And I think that's what all the great coaches do anyway. They 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 have a, a feel when to walk away from a player to let them figure it out themselves. But he let. He let all the coaches that I had pretty much do their job, and, and I would get most of my, you know, uh, information from them. But he, he was such a big part of my life on, on all different areas, But um, and, and baseball certainly was one of them. But for the most part, I got all my information from other people.
1: What would you guys do to get away from baseball? I mean, if you are – I mean, Well, he liked to take I me mean, fishing, and I hate yeah. fishing.
3: <laughs> I, I used to act, have to act like I liked it. Where did you grow up at? I grew up in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, the river. But yeah. we, right, well, the river, either, <laughs> one of the reasons where there was never any fish in it, and it was always dirty enough, I don't think they could live in it anyway. You could catch a rat. Yeah, you could catch, <laughs> there's a lot of rats around there, but well, we used to go to Florida a lot when Dad was in, in spring training, and we used to, Oh yeah. Uh, we used to go there, and we used to, he used to take us out, and.
1: I mean, you guys are such a baseball fan. I feel like to relax you guys, like to get away from the game, you watch like softball. <laughs> like, yeah. Enough of well, this. We, we,
3: we, you know, I, growing up, I was always more of a basketball player. No kidding. I always enjoyed it. I always enjoyed the intensity. I always enjoyed, uh, you know, uh, dealing with the athletic guys. Yeah. It, you know, taught me more about the intensity of, of. Who are some of the guys you played with that you were in awe of? Well, uh, I mean, gosh, there there were so. Because you play for a few
1: teams, you were. There right.
3: were so many. I mean, I, you know, one of the guys that I always thought, well, Brooks Robinson was 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 a guy that I was in awe of all the time. I mean, because I was a third, third baseman, base. Schmidt was a mm-hmm. Schmidt was a great player. George Brett was probably the best player I've ever played against. Yeah. Craig Nettles? Uh, net, net, right. Puff was a, a great player and a, and a great mentor of mine. I played with him in Cleveland my first year. I actually played the outfield and he played third. Mm-hmm. They call him Puff? Yeah, they call him Puff because one. I think – That's tough when I, your mentor's name saying, is Puff. I, I don't think – Puff and buddy. This is out of school, <laughs> but I think it was late at night. He was just – he when the check would come, he would sort of Puff. He would – Oh, yeah. really? He, yeah, we couldn't find him. I know. i a great with those dudes. He was a great, great player. Yeah. Um, Thurman Munson, who I don't think gets the accolades that, that, yeah. that he should have. I, mean, I, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. But, unfortunately, his life was cut short, and he doesn't have the kind yep. of numbers mm-hmm. or the durability, obviously. How about other guys that you think? Because, again, you have,
1: I'm sure, the knowledge that your father passed on to you. Then you span the game. 18 years as a player, but then you're a manager, and you—you you haven't left the game. Can you name like three guys you think should be in the Hall
3: of Fame? Well, Munson's one of them. Munson. Um, God, there's, there's Al he's, Oliver's another guy. Dave Parker's a guy. Al Oliver, uh, Rangers. Right, an ex right? great hitter, great leader, hitter. Right? I, yeah, he's got over three thousand hits. I think he's over got, three
1: thousand hits, and he's not in.
3: Well, I think he's close, close. to it. He's, he's, he's close. like twenty nine hundred yeah. or something like that. He's really really close. But, his, but he hit over 300 a yeah. bunch of years. The guy that should be in the Hall of Fame that is not in the Hall of Fame, and I don't even know why he's not. I don't think he's even come. He's come close but not nearly close enough is Dave Parker. Dave Parker, uh, for my money anyway. Private Reds, right? Yeah, I played with, with Dave in the Reds. This guy's from
1: Cincinnati, by the way. Just want to point that yeah. out. Yeah,
3: <laughs> and I actually played in high school against Dave. Well, yeah, he was great. But and he's he a great, great player. He played as hard as anybody I've ever been around, and he and he's a smart player. He's a very intelligent guy. Anyway, and he was likable, right? Well, he just he he was just the same guy every day. You know, funny and tough, and you know, he was a clubhouse leader. And um, but he should he, he he's the one guy. If I had to pick. Out of all the guys I ever played against or with, he'd be he'd be the guy.
1: Dave Parker.
3: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you know what? He was great, but I didn't even think about it. Like I, when you when you ask that question, you start trying to guess like who's he yeah. going to say? But I would yeah. Yeah. I you know never one of the one of the things Dave is Parker.
3: too as a as a, as a as an ex player, you see some guys that see some things about guys that other people don't necessarily see. Like the media doesn't necessarily see. You know, sure they, their their accessibility of the, this to is the, the stuff we want to hear about <laughs> yeah you know, the accessibility of the clubhouse is 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 much different than it was back then we we had a lot more privacy than back in the day too so um did you have like?
1: did you have more fun you think because i've heard guys that were have been around the game a long time and and sure you can always dismiss that as oh you're older now you're you're out of touch but the money has changed the game so much. And, and when, I, when I specifically talk about hockey, you actually mentioned it today on air, that money has changed the game. And the reason why chemistry is so important now more than ever because it's just not as – it doesn't matter as much to be close. It's easier to not be close because everyone's making money. Everyone's right, right. doing
3: can't, their own thing.
0: Can't play the old shaving cream trick on a $20 million a year player, yeah, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's
3: right. <laughs> yeah. You know what? The game's still the same. And, and I, I think the athletes are – we are better now than they were back. They take better care of themselves. They uh, they
1: have better people developing them.
3: Yeah, they they, they have their <laughs> entourages. Exhibit a. They you know they can't do the things that we used to do. Obviously, like you know, what, buddy? Like go out. You know, we, we you know everybody's got a camera on their phone. So oh, yeah, that's can't that's be terrible. crazy. Like like mm-hmm. I'm not saying I was, but probably could have been. What's but, a funny story
1: from? You know, Playing in the seventies, eighties, like going out.
3: You know the 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 one the biggest story was when I played for the Indians, and and I don't know you guys have probably seen the major league movie. Sure. Yeah. A lot of that is is true. I mean, a lot of that which happened. I mean, obviously a lot of it is made up just because to to make it more interesting. <laughs> but so many things with the with the Indians were true. You know the 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 the. the the flight out of Chicago, that we had to sit on the tarmac to wait for a tire. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh guys yeah, right. Sitting on the yeah. On They're the, like duct uh, tape in the wing, and th- that's right. Well, well, I don't know if we did that necessarily, but we're sitting out on tarmac, sitting on our on our, uh, our on our luggage, and you know, so a lot of the things that happened during that. And I love the Cleveland Indians. I love. I wouldn't trade those seven years I had in Cleveland for for anything because those guys. Or, or I'm, I'm probably closer with that bunch of guys than than any other team, just because yeah. of what we went through. Who are uh,
1: some of the guys you're still in touch with?
3: Hargrove, right? W- well, Hargrove. Well, Hargrove wasn't there. Har- Hargrove came late. You know, guys like Jim Kern and Rick Manning and Dwayne Kuiper, who does the, the oh, yeah. Giants game. Ray Fossey, who does the the A's games. Uh, Eckersley, with uh, Dennis Eckersley, was there. Who is a, is is, is uh, a great marker. friend. Bar came later on. He he came, he might have came in the uh, trade the same year I left. Was I was Corey Snyder too. Corey came later. Yeah, uh, too. But we were traded for Boog Powell. Boo Powell. Oh Gaylord Perry. You were traded for Tory Hendrick, who was one of the great players that nobody talks about. You guys flew then commercial with other like regular. We, we did later on. Early on, you know, we're talking about the the major league movie. We we. Uh, flew the old DC 9s which Charlie With Spikes the is props. Yeah, oh no, Charlie thank Spikes you. is a, no thank you. Yeah, and uh, Charlie Spikes is a great. Also, was a, a player we got from that's the for Yankees. a different buddy. That's for Buddy Holly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, I'm getting the engines. Yeah, we're... but Charlie Spikes, who was a, a kid from Bocaloosa Louisiana, was a was a great friend. But he hated to fly. Another guy that hated to fly was Rusty Staub, but. That's another story, but he was good. He is a great hitter, but he had to get. He had to have uh, uh, a drink or two before before he had to get on the plane. And we always traveled the day of the game, so he. I think that. Yeah, but he would never get to the point where he couldn't, you know, deal with it later on in the day. But he could. We we would fly at six or seven in the morning, so he would. He could. He just couldn't. He couldn't deal with it. I don't. Know if he got over that or not, but Charlie Spikes uh, used to, I used to spit uh, sit next to him in the plane, and I can and spit remember, next to him in the dugout. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we were flying to Minneapolis uh, the day of a game in the DC nine, and and uh, the 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 flight it, it must have fell, gosh, I don't know, five thousand feet like that. Oh man, and. And I thought Charlie was gonna was gonna lose it, but we, those those kind of things throughout your career, you 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 end up getting close to the guys, and it's uh, yeah, you, you don't s- deal with in any other uh, occupation.
1: I think. Like it's almost like off field memories are just as important or cherished yeah. as the yeah.
3: My, field. my dad told me he 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 said that you'll. It'll be tough to remember any game that you ever played, or any at bat that you ever had, or any play that you ever made. But you will remember the the people that you played with and hung out with. And yeah. he's right. I, I, you know, I'm not proud of this, maybe that I can't remember anything. But I'm 64 <laughs> years old. But but he's right. I I I remember the the people that I played with, and 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 I I, I don't really remember. Any specific play. I remember playing, obviously, but I don't remember. Were you ever it's hit in the that... head or something? What yeah. happened, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's uh, you know, I, I remember all-star games and, yeah. and things like that, but nothing really more important how about than the, the people that I, that I played with. How about the toughest pitcher that you faced? Palmer. By Jim Palmer. My, yeah, Jim Palmer was... He was such a good-looking dude; it was hard the, the, to make direct the, eye contact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: picture him in, yeah. in his underwear. And you know, he, <laughs> he's like he's, he, wow. he
3: actually still looks good. He's doing great, and uh, but he was—he was, he was uh, awesome. Catfish Hunter, Perry was good. I mean, there's a lot. Fergie Jenkins is another guy that, uh, obviously, the people here in Chicago and he Fergie's also a great friend of mine but so he it would be, a, well. it he would was be a, was a right-hander really, really for good. sure. Is yeah. there
0: a guy that in player development that you saw was going to be a star and someone fought you on it and you end up winning out like there's somebody that you was like this is a guy and everybody's like I don't know and you had to sell hard? Well,
3: you know it's funny cuz most of the guys By the way that was a great question. Yeah, that was another good <laughs> question. There have been no bad questions up to this point. Um <laughs> Give us a few minutes. You know, it's funny because we, we uh, when you look at player development, you, you pretty much see if a guy is going to be able to do it or not. The, 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 the mistakes that I make is thinking a guy can do it as opposed to not being able to do it. That, that, that gets me more than, than picking a guy out that nobody else knows. How much is it
1: bringing them up at the right time or putting them at a level of play? that okay this guy's ready now for for triple a this guy's now this guy's ready to come up to the bigs
3: that's the conversation we have the most is when should we move a guy you know a lot of times we want a guy to move or get promoted just to to get a feel for the kind of adjustments he has to make at a higher level sometimes if you're not challenged you just it's you know it's you don't really know what you have to work on whether that's hitting a breaking ball, whether that's uh, strike zone awareness, whatever it is. I mean, a lot of times we move guys. And Tim Anderson, let's take Tim Anderson for for an example. And There's some question of whether or not TA's strike zone awareness is where it should be. Mm -hmm. So should we keep him in Birmingham to just kind of do what he did last year and work on his strike uh, awareness there, or should we move him to Charlotte where it's going to be tougher uh, for him to deal with breaking balls, and we decided to send him to Charlotte because I think it's better for him. I think he will struggle a little bit at first, just because it's a it's a higher level and they they pitch to you a little bit different. But I think that, I think that's the best place for him to be.
1: What's the how do you work on strike zone awareness? Are you guys do you send tape like at are
3: Yeah. Um, for the most part, I think you just, uh, y- you know, you 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 have to be patient as a hitter. You have to be balanced. Um, you have to trust yourself. You have to trust your hands. You have to to understand that your feet are underneath you. I know that I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys or not. But sure. as a hitter, you can. You, it it you takes a while. F- you have to be standing. To figure mm-hmm. out how to feel your feet underneath you and. I think when you do that and you understand that, then your strike zone gets a little bit smaller and you're not out. – you're always going to – we want our hitters to be aggressive, but we want them to be uh, selectively aggressive.
1: So with Tim Anderson, staying on him for a minute, and I don't know the guy at all, like how mentally strong he is or not, but do you have a controlled message like there's one guy or two guys talking to him and that everyone's saying the same thing? or yeah, is, is that well, everybody's
3: saying the same thing, but – because like why pitching, because you guys have, yeah, have talked our, about it yeah because you know, it's the same way with our pitching program it, our hitting program is the same it comes from the top coop and then Steverson you know so everybody sort of t- everybody teaches the same message everybody the messenger is always a little bit different but the message is always the same mm-hmm. so the kids coming up through the system have the same terminology so if one guy says that they really pretty much understand where where they're coming from so yeah that's a – so when you have like uh, change the
0: hitting coach from on a major league level, do you apply his throughout the the minor league? Is yes. Is that how that goes? Then? Yes. So once that hitting structure comes, then it it goes. It filters all the way down to to A.
3: Right. For an example, when when Greg Loft, uh, Walker left here yeah. and, and Jeff Manto came in, then Jeff Manto it was the transition was a little bit easier because because uh, Mick was. Uh, in our system with Walker. So we didn't really have to change all that much. Mm-hmm. And both of them, I thought, were, were very good at what they did. And then when Trick uh, Stevenson came in, we had to ch- uh, tweak it a little bit. Um, and it, it continues to change, uh, but, but it's more gradual. So, yeah, I, you have – the 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 we do change our hitting coaches. You know, Vance Law has become our uh, – hitting coordinator since trick has gotten here uh-huh. so they're always on the same page so the 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 message is pretty consistent throughout vance law his father yeah. played too did they, yeah. Did your dad's play together yes they did yeah in yeah. pittsburgh yeah in pittsburgh yeah and and actually uh my dad is no longer living but vance is uh dad is, is doing great in utah
1: I think I've seen them like sing the anthem together. Like they're both are uh, they're musical as well. Yeah, I
3: knew I didn't I didn't know his dad did. I didn't know Vernon did. Oh, I thought they did.
1: Yeah, yeah, Vance and Vernon party with those two.
3: Let's do it. I don't, <laughs> piano bar. I don't know if he would have much fun hanging out with those two guys. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, um. Alright,
1: so we're gonna start wrapping up here with, with Buddy Bell, who um is just a baseball guy. I'd love that you know, combine your family over five thousand hits, which is incredible. I think it's like up there with like yeah, one of the top families in, mm-hmm. in all major baseball history. When Pete Rose was managed you do you ever say that? Like my family's got <laughs> more, family. more hits than yours. No, but I did
3: play with Pete, and that was a that was an awesome experience in itself. What's your
0: favorite Pete Rose story? Did he ever tell you to just uh, take it off, take it easy for a game? <laughs> hey, just if you could relax this game, but <laughs> don't worry about it. Just relax this game. Just it'd be best for everyone.
3: You know, Pete. I, I, you know, Pete was always the same guy every day. I mean, he would bring it every day the same way. And, the, 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 the best part of, uh, of playing with Pete and, and for Pete is you just knew what you were going to get every day. You know? Oh, he managed and, you as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, he played and managed. Yeah, he was a oh, player was manager. Yeah. Well, actually, then he, he retired and then and, and just a manager. Right. Um, but I growing up in Cincinnati, Pete was always my idol. So, oh, yeah? So, I, you know, I, I, I have known Pete for, for a long time. And he's actually his son uh junior managed in our system for a while oh that's right so he's uh he he, so i've known
1: their their family for a long time who's your the most influential manager or baseball don
3: zimmer don zimmer yeah don zimmer for me and i had a lot of really great coaches growing up in the minor leagues and you know guys that, that You've probably never heard of Len Johnson, and, uh, and Dave Garcia was a was a great mentor of mine who managed uh, the Indians for a while, and actually helped me in Colorado and Kansas City when I managed there. But Don Zimmer, uh, mainly because he 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 was such an aggressive offensive manager, I just liked the way he did things. Now, some people said he he uh, he didn't like pitchers a whole lot. But I didn't pay any attention to that <laughs> anyway. But I just liked the way Zim did things, and, and I think he was a loyal guy.
1: Yeah. So player, coach, manager, and now front office, what, what, what would you say has been the most rewarding? I, I, let's take well, playing out of it. Playing, Because playing yeah. out probably the...
3: Um, you know, the thing about it, when, when, I'm, uh, when, when I managed, I, I, I love managing. Um, but I always thought about getting back into player development. When I'm in player development, I never thought about getting back into managing. Really? So maybe. So I think that's the the answer to that question. Is that, that I, I love what I'm doing now. It makes it easier because I work for the White Sox. That that's that, that's a lot different than any other places that I've ever been. So um, it makes it a lot easier in this in, in that I work here. Uh, but I never. I've had opportunities to to to, to manage again, but I, I I have no incentive or no aspiration to doing that.
1: All right, well, we're gonna get, wrap it up here with this. Kevin always likes to ask each of our guests something. What do you, What do you do in your downtown now, man? Like what do you do to help you
3: unwind? I like a stressful chase, day, you, I you chase my grandkids. I got eleven grandkids. Eleven are know. they
0: all, are they out
3: here in Chicago? Are they either? all the- no, they're all scattered all over there in in Arizona, St. Louis, uh, Minneapolis, and Cincinnati. As a matter of fact,
1: are any of them in the major leagues yet?
3: No, not Let's yet. Let's go. <laughs> not, not yet, but um I love watching my That's grandkids. how you peg your favorites, right? Yeah, <laughs> and you know a lot of people say the reason you you know you, you like being a, a grandparent is that you can leave whenever you want. I I don't yeah. like to leave my grandkids. I like being around them all the time. I mean it's a it's awesome. I love it. That is great. It's awesome.
1: We also like to always find out something that no one probably knows about you. Just something off the wall that you do or an interest you have. We have, for instance, Frank Thomas likes soap operas. Uh, we, we found that out on, this, uh, on the cycle. What else do we uh, find Shumarini out? is a
3: chess player.
0: Yep. Uh, what's what's your- something about Buddy Bell? It's a Buddy Bell skill.
3: I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I'm like the, the, the most dull person in the world. I That's think, why we thought you'd make a great so guest. When I'm not <laughs> doing baseball... I'm not doing anything. Really? Yeah, I, just, I, I, I don't. That's, I a, that's a skill a to be bit. able to do yeah, that. That's right. To, not to you do all, anything? I don't do anything. Are you a workaholic? I read a lot. That's all I do. It's the
0: last book you read. Um, it's
3: on the spot. I read... What's um, that? American I read Soldier? Sparky's, I read Sparky's book, but I read The American Soldier. American Soldier? Yeah, Sparky's History book? Sparky song. Anderson? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. He's, a, he's another mentor of mine.
0: How to not mess things up when you got the best talent in baseball,
1: but Sparky, yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they were pretty solid team, pretty solid the Tigers
2: team. and the Reds.
1: Well, thank you, Buddy Bell, for all joining guys. us. We uh, we certainly appreciate it. We're going to be uh, watching all the players you are developing, and uh, you have a good feeling about this team right now. Uh,
3: I think, yeah, it's early, so I don't want to get too excited, but it's it's certainly better than the alternative. Yes. Early in the season, but it's nice meeting you guys. Good luck to you guys.
1: All right, we're here with Darius Fleming, Chicago guy, NFL player. He's going to be throwing out the first pitch, and I got to tell you guys, it is funny to see a professional athlete sweating this first pitch just a little (laughs) bit. But I showed you Chance the Rapper, and I think you could. You get at least—he got it over the plate.
4: I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm really nervous, but I feel like I can—I uh, can outdo Chance for sure. So we'll, we'll see how this goes.
5: <laughs> when was and, the last time you played baseball? Um, never. Really? Um, I, oh, I that played, long ago. You know,
4: uh, I think the last time I actually played catcher, my little cousin Darion, he uh, he was telling me how fast he could throw a pitch, how fast he could throw a ball. So I got in my catcher stands, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I got my hand down because I'm not really, you know, familiar with you know, baseball like mm-hmm. that. And he threw it pretty hard, and before I could get my glove up, he hit me in the throat. Oh so, wow! <laughs> see, accurate. So, yeah. yeah so uh, that was the last time I played baseball. So it's not really. Uh, that's that's really why I never played growing up. I was always scared to get hit with the ball, just in case. Oh, she so just started playing football. Yeah, yeah, it's a little a little easier, <laughs> a little safer game.
5: Just in case, is your uh, nephew Darian available to throw out a first pitch later in the season?
4: Um, he would he would actually be available. Okay, yeah, I mean, he's we way better, better than I am. Hurt. Well, it's
1: true. We'll see. That's awesome. So are you going to get, what's going to be your approach? Are you going to get loose beforehand? I have Because we're to, like f- 45 minutes away from it, right?
4: I have to practice. I have to throw a couple of balls before, because if not, um, I'm scared of the results. Uh, I just, like I said, I'm going to be Chance. It's only the second one of the year <laughs> at the you know at U.S. Sailor Field, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh,
1: how did this all come about? That you are you a White Sox fan? Did they know you were a big fan?
4: Always a fan, you know. I'm am a South Side kid, you know. Um, always supporting my guys, you know. I'm not going to bring up that other you know team out there, right? But, you know, the, the White Sox <laughs> yeah, have boom. always been a, a a great team of mine. You know, I've always supported them. You know, being from this side of town, and uh, it's kind of hard not to like them. You know, uh, I remember back in what was that 2000
1: or 2001. 2000, they, that. they won it all in 2005. 2000, 2000. they won the, the division. The division, Okay,
4: know. 2005. I remember, you know, that was an exciting time. And, uh, and I think we can, we can get back to that. And
1: I'm glad to be a part of, you know, something like that this year. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And you've been a part of a world championship team yourself. I don't know you got the ring on right now. If anyone has seen a Super Bowl championship ring, I don't know if, like, I've seen the 85 Bears one because they, they do a lot of coverage on that. This is this is out of control, man. This is un- unbelievable. Yeah, it's
4: it's pretty. I don't like wearing it all the time because I feel like it's kind of too flashy. You take but that, that uh, off before you throw it the first pitch. <laughs> right, definitely, gonna I'm a, I'm a switch hands, but yeah, I've been a. Uh, you I've could been throw that. <laughs> <laughs> I was blessed to be a part of, you know, a great organization with the Patriots, and we, uh, we had a great team, and, uh, you know, we, we worked hard and throughout the year, and I think it really paid off, you know, you, I'm sure you guys saw the game, yeah. it, was, it was a crazy ending, but uh, it, was all, it was all worth it, and I think we, we
5: deserved uh, everything we got from that year. It was an unbelievable game. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? One of the best Super Bowls of all time, I think. And just the ring itself, though, to go back to. I hope we can tweet a picture of it out or something with, with the podcast because the heft of this ring, like just the weight of it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of championship rings, but it, nothing like that. It's really cool. How, How dev- often do you wear it? Um, every other day.
4: No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh,
5: <laughs> I try to wear it when I'm
4: going to events or something like that. You know. I, I'm not like those people who try to put it away because it's something that, you know, that I, I achieved and I want people to see it because it's yeah. not something that you can see every day. So when I'm doing something to go to an event, I always try to you know take it out and just show it—not show, really show it off, but but let people see it because, like I said, it's not something that you can just—you don't just walk them down the street and see a you know Super Bowl ring. So yeah, that's—I
5: mean, it's that's incredible. And so. immediately when you walked in, you handed it to us to take a look. Is that like just to get it out of the way because people? No, because people ask you all the time when you're wearing it. Yeah, I just try to make okay. it less awkward. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you're
4: not gonna be staring at my hand, you know. So <laughs> we still <I> <laughs> out. No, it's I not figured, awkward
5: uh, at all. It's like, here, look what I did that you
1: didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> look how much greater I am. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just, you
4: know, I, I like for people, like I said, I like for people to see it. You know, it's, it's it's a special thing and it's it's huge. So it's kind of hard not to
1: notice. Um, so and when you see it, do you think about like everything that led up to that moment? Because you have to work so hard to become a professional athlete in any sport, but football too. And you overcame some injuries.
4: I was about to say you guys don't understand how much uh, this ring means to me. I mean, I, like you said, I've been through a lot. Uh, not to you know make a long story, but. You know, I went through a lot of injuries throughout my first two years, and it was tough. And, I, you know, I kind of doubted my, you know, um, what was next and, you know, if I would able, be able to even play this game, you know, continue to play this right. game. And to, to get this ring after, you know, the 2014 season, just it just shows you how much hard work pays off and just, you know, perseverance and things like that. So it really means a lot to me.
1: Do you mind talking about that path a little bit? So you, I know you mentioned you're from the south side, and uh, you went to Clissold. Went to Clissold school, which I told you my wife went there. Correct. Which is uh, hilarious. She was she was behind you though, man. So going not be like, yeah, I know you wife went there. And then you went to Saint Rita High School.
4: I went to Saint Rita. Um, funny story. So I went to Saint Rita. Not really, you know, in the football that much. I was a big time bowler. I actually shot my first 300 two weeks ago. Nice. Put that out there. Did you really? Um, I did. Um, Why don't you hand us that too? <laughs> okay,
5: a scorecard. <laughs> a scorecard. No, so I went to
4: Saint Rita. Uh, I was actually, like I said, really into bowling. Um, football was kind of a, you know, might as well start, you know, try to play. it. I'm a bigger kid, you know, they're good at football, so I started playing it. And my coach uh, heard, you know, word on the street was I was thinking about transferring to high schools, which I was to Brother Rice because they had a really good fo- um, bowling team. There. That is
3: hilarious. So That's we awesome. started. We, <laughs> I was. In, I
4: remember. The, I remember exactly yeah. what happened. I'm in lunch one day. He pulls me aside. He's like, Darius, you know, what, what's this I'm hearing about? You know, you bowling and trying to you know switch schools and I was like coach you know that's why I came here I can't I want to be a professional bowler and he had a long talk with me and just really like just let it out like you're not leaving here like you have a future in football like we want you here you have to stay and from that moment on uh how did you get into bowling so my parents it was kind of like a forced thing like when I was younger my parents always bowled and I was just forced to go I couldn't bowl I was just they they were in a lot of leagues so I was that little kid just running around playing video games and just, you know, didn't have a babysitter. So I had to go to the bowling alley. And then yeah. eventually my I got to an age where my dad was able to coach me and teach me. And then it just kind of just, I just ran with it. And Were you at like arena
1: lanes on 103rd? Or, I wasn't uh, at arena.
4: You would find me at uh, Castaway.
1: Um, I would be at Palisade. I was at uh, I mean, um, my dad Park was Manor. My yeah. dad was in one of the bowling leagues. And you're right, like the kids you just run around and. Playing video games and
4: yeah, I mean it was just I was I was forced to go. So everyone's just, smoking and you just every, yeah, exactly, it's, it's, exactly. I
5: feel like you made the right choice though, because not many professional bowlers get to throw out a pitch opening weekend. You know what I mean? Like it's not. Uh, I feel like feel like you took the right path <laughs> yeah, with that, which did. is pretty cool.
4: I think you might be right in that. What's has, your
5: average today? I mean, My average today,
4: easily 210. Really? um, 210, 215. It's incredible. I need Chris Paul to understand that (laughs) I need to get to his tournament that he has every year. I'm trying to. Really? This podcast has reach,
1: man. (laughs) We can say whatever you want. Chris
4: Paul. We'll get you in. Darius Fleming. I will beat everybody (laughs) except for the pros. Except for the pros. But you can bring it on any day.
5: That's awesome. (laughs) I want to push for that. Does Does it relax you when you play?
1: Or do you get. Are you like so focused when you bowl like you take it very seriously or can you is this something that you kind of do now to chill out
4: um I definitely do it to relax but I still take it serious you know it's just it's definitely something that you can just you know it's no it's no physicalness to the game it's all just you know just just you in the lanes you know it's, it's more of a mental game but that mental game can be kind of physical with your mind so uh people don't understand that but I enjoy it so much man I just I just love the competition between bowlers and and then I love the team aspect as well because just like any game, football, basketball, it's a, it's a great team sport. So I don't even know how that's to keep what score. Done. It's you know, that's <laughs> honestly that's the toughest part. I <laughs> right? did that when I was yeah. when I was younger. I would you know take score for people, and that's how I would, like make money when I was a little kid. But yeah. it's tough, you know, making a mistake on a score,
1: you can get you can get beat up pretty bad for that. So so when you were at Rita, and then uh, were you recruited by Charlie Weiss? When I was I to Notre Dame. Did he know about the bowling? Did he ever, like when he brought you to South Bend? Did he ever like, hey, I know you like the stadium, the locker room, but I'm gonna bring I'm, you into town. I'm you to pretty the sure
4: he did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he, uh, I mean, everybody mentions in my, my bowling, uh, career. So, uh, that's, that's something that's always it, stayed with me.
1: What's it like being recruited by a, a major university? Cause I'm sure there are a bunch of schools that were interested in you. And at that age, you have an interest from these top programs in the country. What's that like?
4: I mean, at that, at that time in my life, it was amazing because, you know, I'm from, I'm a Southside kid, you know, that's not something that just, just happens every day for kids around there. So to 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 get recruited and have that opportunity to go to a university like that was just an was it always Notre Dame? Wales?
1: Did you grow up a Notre Dame fan?
4: I didn't actually. Me and my dad really did not like Notre Dame at first, and then we took a visit, and and that all changed really fast. So and
1: it, I, I respect mean, you got to respect a program that has done has been successful for that long.
4: Definitely. Um, you know, we they, we've had some struggles, but I think we're on the right path now. Um. The the years before me were kind of rough. That's kind of what made me go. There. I wanted to be a you know part of a program that kind of could turn the, the program back to where it used to be. Sure. And I think I did that because the year after I left, uh, they won the national championship game. So yeah, absolutely. I take full credit for that Good year. For
5: you. <laughs> Do you get back out to games very often?
4: Um, I try to go to one a year. Okay. Um, I'm I'm going to try to go to the spring game. I try oh, nice. to get out there and see the guys. I mean, we have a great uh you know the the people there you stay close with. So sure. it always feels like family once you go back. Who were you probably closest with that you still stay in touch with? As far as players? Yeah. Well, Kaepernick Lewis-Moore is one of my best friends. Uh, he's going to be here today. He's going to oh, stay yeah? on the field me as I oh, throw the great. first pitch out. Um, oh, man, I would be worried about this pitch, <laughs> even more so. You <laughs> got your boys coming? I know. <laughs> they're they definitely making fun of me, so uh, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure on me. That's so awesome. before you are
1: there, Weiss left?
4: So, I played two years for Weiss, and then Kelly came in. Okay. How was that transition? Um, It was good. I mean, uh, you know th- – change can can be good sometimes and i mm-hmm. think uh i think the team needed it at that moment you know at that time uh, we we were struggling and i think kelly came in and did a great job and I, I think he's uh what he implemented with us is definitely uh really becoming you know uh the definition of that football team you know, that at that level
1: me. i'm sure it's like good to be exposed to different coaches because it's once you get to be so good how much more can you learn and then now it's like exposure to because then you go to i know you're drafted by the same niners yep and fifth round yep which is unbelievably impressive and um that's where you got hurt the right. first time correct yep. and both times both times yeah and it was an acl same acl same each time? acl
4: yeah just an unfortunate situation like i said got hurt by them um but you know but to bounce back from that, that no reason. and everything. pick
1: up and then you're a super bowl champ and then you're playing for bill belichick what was that like
4: crazy uh coach belichick is an amazing coach um you know he's he's a lot different. You know as a player than he is. I mean as as far as a player than what you see. You know, um, yeah. In the he's media, good too, isn't he? <laughs> awesome <laughs> dresser. Um, I could probably name his wardrobe. But, uh, <laughs> he's a he's a great coach. I was it was a pleasure playing for him, and I uh, just I, I love the opportunity. But uh, speaking on um, what were you said about Notre Dame, just the fact that you know switching coaches like that just. It prepares you for the NFL because you never know. You're going to be on several teams. You're going to play for all these different sure, coaches. Right. And, and that just prepares you to be able to take in
5: um, information from different people. And I mean, it, I think it helped. Yeah. And one, of the, one of the things I always like to ask about, you're just talking about being drafted by the Niners in the fifth round. What is that process like, just waiting to get drafted? Like, that's got to be one of the <laughs> most, did, did, were you pretty certain you were going to be drafted? Just didn't know where? What was going on in your mind?
4: Um, obviously, you try to be positive you know positive and, mm-hmm. and try to be confident in your abilities that you're going to get drafted. But you never know. Um, mm-hmm. I had no clue. I, I didn't plan on watching the draft, so I, I planned on golfing that day. Okay. Luck, my luck. It, it's thunderstorm, so uh, <laughs> I went was stuck in the house, <laughs> and I was actually stuck in the house with my grandmother, and uh, she was watching it, and I was like pacing in the house, and you know she's like another linebacker went just yelling at me, and I'm just <laughs> like, so I, eventually I left. I couldn't take it anymore because I'm like, you know, you kind that competitiveness in my and you know in my DNA is just telling mm-hmm. me that, and I'm better than that guy. I'm better than that guy. Like how they getting picked before me. So I got in my car. I started driving home. And then I got a phone call from the Niners, and, and it was a great feeling. I mean, just a lot of hard
5: work paying off. And, I mean, I, that's I awesome. think uh, that's how everybody feels about it. I just can't imagine because the NFL draft seems like it's three weeks long just if you're watching it. But when you're waiting to get called, you know what I mean? Like, that's got to be the longest oh, yeah. experience The worst
4: part is you try to tell your family members to not call you
1: on that day. <laughs> every and time your phone's, the phone's blowing up. So it's oh, like yeah.
4: every time it rings, it's, you're looking at it like, and it's a number you know already. So you're like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. Like, Do stop. they
1: call you beforehand and tell you, hey, we're
4: going to pick you? This next pick. Well, the way it happened with me is
1: my phone started –
4: like I started getting text messages before I got the phone call. So I started getting text messages, and I'm looking at my phone. What are they talking about? People saying congratulations, and then like a minute later, I got a call from San Francisco. So it all depends. I mean, sometimes they call you, and they kind of warn you, like we're going to pick you our next pick. But they might tell you that, but that might not happen. Because some of my friends and teammates have been through that same situation. But – you know, it's it's a very stressful, you know,
5: time, but, sure. uh, you know, you just got to wait. I mean, that's the part of the yeah. game. That's incredible. And then just to go from that, though, like, and being picked up by another team, like you said, is incredible. And, and for it to be the New England Patriots, like, I mean, the franchise over the past decade, I mean, that had to be just an amazing feeling on its own.
4: Yeah, I, I would have never thought I, I would have been playing for New England Patriots, yeah. but, uh, you know, just my luck, you know, they, they called me right away. Once I got released, they were the first team to contact me and – uh once – I mean, I think I talked to the Texans and I talked to New England and it wasn't – it was a no-brainer for me. I knew where I wanted to right. go. Um, I wasn't going to let that opportunity pass by. So, Did you grow up a Bears fan? I, did, I, I wasn't – I was a Bears fan, obviously, but I was more of a players fan. I was a big Joey Porter fan. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, he was with Pittsburgh at that time, and I was just a, a fan of his game. And obviously I like the Bears and Erlach and all the players that, you know, were part of those teams, but,
1: but Joey Porter is my guy, man. I don't know what it was about him, but I just like <laughs> watching him. The um – Story that a lot of people know was probably you might be tired of talking about it, but when you save this woman in this car accident, you're just going by and you mm-hmm. see a car accident, and this is a days before a playoff game
4: yeah, I, I definitely didn't predict what would happen from that but uh, so I was driving down the street, saw you know a semi suddenly stop really fast, and that's what caught my eye yeah and then initially, the car in front of me uh crash into the car in front of it and that caused the other car to crash in front of car in front of it. So I was about, to, like go <laughs> yeah, I was about <laughs> to go around it. Yeah, uh, I was about to go around it. actually and then I noticed that the lady in front of me was kind of just fidgety like she was jumping from the passenger front of you know driver's seat to the passenger seat to the back seat. I'm like, what is she doing? So I noticed that the car started to smoke and I was like, you know, casually like, okay, I'm gonna get out my car, you know, help open the door. Like what's the big deal? The doors were not open.
1: And so she's scared,
4: bro, right? she was what, what got what, what really captured my attention when I got to the car, what caught my eyes, she started to kick the window and I could see the fear in her eyes. Like it was just oh like, gosh, God. like she's worried. So now I'm like, I'm freaking out now. I'm just like, so she initially started to kick the window and it wasn't really budging. So I said, you know, back up. My first kick didn't do it. My second kick didn't do it. Then my third kick actually went through. So I pulled her out. I noticed my leg was bleeding pretty bad. So I just say, you know what? Are you okay? I made sure she's away from the car. I saw somebody else coming to help her. So I said, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I left. Mm-hmm. Long story short, got the glass out of my knee, I mean out of my leg, you know, got my stitches. Is this a leg that you had already had issues with in the past? No, no, oh, no. Man. This is my still, this is my strong leg. Yeah. So um I get her out, a week goes by, I tell my dad, he tells somebody, the story gets out, media's all over me, boom. I'm, I, it's not a big deal. Like I tell him a story. Then later that day, I get um my media guy um, comes up to me, he's like, "You know, we got a problem. The media outlets went to the police, they're saying there's no uh, reports of the accident, and I'm just shocked like yeah he's looking he's looking at me like, you know what are you going to say i'm like like what do you what do you want me to say like I lied about this, so initially, I'm upset because I feel like people are really just questioning my character like i don't right. like, I don't like when people do that, yeah. so I went to the vet where it happened right in front of a vet. So I went there, I asked the ladies, I'm like, you know, did you see I see an accident that happened that day? They were like, yeah, we we actually saw it all. This guy happened out of a black truck, you know, broke this lady window, helped her out. Boom, 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 three cars. I'm just like, okay, well, I need you guys to help me out because people are kind of saying I'm lying. And then right after that, you know, TMZ's posting their stuff and I'm just like, this is crazy. But eventually, you know, the story got out and I'm just glad that the truth came out because I, it's sad that you know, say that people will lie about that things, but then you look at things in the past, like the Shaw story with the USC, and yeah, I mean, I can see why people will question it, but right. you know, I'm, I've never been you know in that situation. But it's such before. a great
1: story, and that people like gravitate towards because so much comes out of professional sports that it's like, you know, it's always and, negative, yeah, it's always it's negative. negative and and like, here's something that is just it's unbelievable, and then you play four days later, two days two later, later which, yeah. 22, 22 stitches. 22 stitches.
4: Yeah, it was I wasn't really worried about it. I mean, people were kind of, you know, asking about it all day and every day, but it was I didn't think too much about it. I mean, obviously, it was either, you know, the stitches are going to stay there or my leg is going to rip back open. So, I wasn't, you know, freaking <laughs> yeah, out I about, <laughs> about <that> it. <either. laughs> I wasn't really freaking out about it, but uh I played and you know, it it was I actually got a great opportunity to play get in on defense and not just special teams. So, it was a uh, it, it was a very, you know, memorable game for me and I I'll never forget it, but it was a uh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, I think it says <laughs> a lot
1: about you as a person, man. It, it's phenomenal that you did that absolutely um, when you come back to chicago what do, you, what do you like to do what's like on your do you have a list of things that i got to eat this when i'm in town or i want to go well, here
4: if luma wants to give me you know any kind mm-hmm. of endorsements you know i'll I gladly take that i ordered it I so ordered, will we as the podcast <laughs> <laughs> we'll take some sponsorship i ship download. it to wherever i'm at i shipped it to boston i shipped it to san francisco but uh, i love eating at luma um i work out i mean i don't do much i mean i I'm a big fan of a Paris Club. I probably shouldn't say that, but oh, yeah, that's <laughs> our guy. those nah. are guys, those <laughs> are Yeah. So uh, I mean, other that's than that, um, I try to hang out with my friends and family, and just try to you know, because you know, the season is 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 really stressful, and it's it's, a, it's it takes a lot of your time. So I don't really get time to you know spend much with family, but I try to give them as much time as I can and just uh,
5: recover, because obviously you know the season is is very. Uh, you it's know, crazy It's, it's grueling on my out, body. Right? Yeah. So do you hit the lanes? Do you go back to the old bowling alleys?
4: Well, yeah, I went I went uh to Burr Oak where I kinda spent a lot of my childhood with my dad and and that's why I shot my first three hundred two weeks ago. So um it was great. I mean I was actually just kidding around. I threw the first six strikes and I was, you know, I've thrown six strikes plenty of times and I was like, Okay, you know, I you just got to go one today. I threw eight strikes <laughs> <laughs> I threw eight strikes and then I was like, All right, I kinda gotta get serious here, like I got a chance and uh after you get about eight to nine strikes is when your hands start sweating, you know, your legs get a little tight. And I was like, <laughs> all right. But actually my 11th my and 12th strike were the, the best balls I threw all night. And I was like, wow, like I couldn't believe it. Like I got it on video. I got, you know, pictures. Like my... how
1: nervous compared to you're getting dressed for the Super Bowl?
4: Obviously not that nervous because it wasn't nothing on the line. It was, I was just like joking around bowling. But it's nervous because you don't – like I guess in football, you know, you get four downs. In bowling, if you miss a strike, like, right. your 300 chance is. Well, some is people, done, people or, say, know? like, oh, it's
1: like getting a hole in one in golf, but it's not because you get a hole in golf by
5: accident. By
4: accident yeah, you yeah think, not like thinking so you about gotta it. You got to throw 12 strikes in a row. Like, yeah. you have to really, like.
1: No, I'm sure it is. It, it's record. tough.
4: And I, like I said, I've been there several times. I've thrown the first 10, I've thrown the first nine. And it's just, I couldn't get past it. And and I got past it. And I'm just glad I got that off my, off my shoulders now.
5: Are you getting the 300 ring? No, so it, know, wasn't, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't
4: sanctioned, and it wasn't sanctioned. So you know, but in my head, I have you a bowled in eight. high
5: school, didn't you, Jim? I did a little bit. Jim bowled. I oh, threw the good. first ten a couple times. Okay, and, what was your average? Uh, but like one ninety. I mean, this that, isn't about a, my like accomplishments. like 190's like, not I'm good. I'm kidding <laughs> by calling that athletic. Don't worry about it. No, but like the ladies you know. loved it, man. Ah, it's, it's, oh yeah, bowling gets you so many girls. It's unbelievable. That had to be the downside of going to football. It was just like less women. Yeah, less women
4: everywhere. I mean, it was tough, you know, but. I manage, you know. I, I try to, you know, uh, not get after to too many <laughs> girls now because I'm kind of, uh, you know, she's over there. So oh, understandable.
5: <laughs> cool. We'll cut this. Uh, so you're in the process of free agency again, right now, I correct? Am. And what is that like?
4: Um, it's for some people, it's very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, I try, I try not to stress myself out. Sure. I do what I would normally do. I work out every day. I work hard, and and I just wait until my my name's called. It's just like draft day again. Right. You, know, you you get an opportunity. The thing about this day is, I mean, my time now is that. I can kind of, you know, determine what teams I want to talk to is, you know, obviously mm-hmm. they're going to, you know, show the interest in me, but if I don't want to go there, I don't like it, I don't have to. So, sure. but it, it it's it's a little it's a little like I said, it's a little stressful, you know, not having a job, not knowing where you're going to be, not knowing what your next home's going to be is is kind of, you know, uh it sucks, but mm-hmm. it's part of the game, you know, you get used to it. You know, you get used to, you know, not really knowing what's next in this game. So, I'm not really too worried about it. Like I said, I'm gonna
1: work hard and I'm gonna work out and you know, yeah. I'm just gonna be ready when my name's called. So well, we, they, we we would be lucky to have you back here in Chicago. You know what? And They could, uh, you know, they need some help. Um, <laughs> that
4: team. I wouldn't mind that. You know, I I would say in the beginning of my career, I knew I didn't want to play for Chicago. At least not. It would not my. It wouldn't been, have been my choice. Sure. But just you know, just getting into it and understanding the league, I don't know if I wanna be that close to family just because it's you know, it's it's tough playing being that close to family and, and trying to focus on work at the same time. But now I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a i am i am ai am am consider myself a veteran. Now I guess I'm going to my fifth year so yeah. I'm able to, you know, kinda of put two and two together and know separate work and family and and,
5: and do it this in the same place it's a big difference coming right out of school I could imagine definitely at home definitely. and then getting some time to learn it and then doing that right we appreciate you doing this and um we want to plug
1: your twitter Are you on twitter you been I am
4: on twitter um it's d fleming d f l e m i n g five eight and uh hit me up my, my instagram is the is just fleming five eight
1: so all right perfect now get out there man Get loose. Come I'll play catch with you if you want.
4: Yeah. I need some help, He's got man. his pitching coach over in the these corner. Guys down my, here. my best friend, Trayvon, he, uh, he, was a, he was a baseball player, you know, back in the day. So mm-hmm. uh, I think he'll be able to give me some pointers, hopefully. All right, man. Good. We'll be looking for we'll it. We'll post it, too. When we uh,
1: tweet out the uh, the episode, we'll put a link to the pitch. Sounds good. We'll a little more pressure. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Had a blast. Pre- All right. Thanks, thanks so much, co- Darius. Appreciate it. All right, there you have it. That was Darius Fleming. Before that, you heard Buddy Bell. I like the juxtaposition. We have a a former
0: athlete current athlete you can't say at juxtaposition so, anymore yes i can be. man
1: word that's a word. <laughs>
0: word that is a word yeah man that's what i'm saying this the podcast brings it, it brings great balance like, well
1: again like johnny resnick with google Goo Dows, darius was here he's at the stadium we have access to him let's talk to him let's find out more about him that's what this podcast is all about <laughs> all right well that's it that's the cycle and uh, we will be back next week. We got, we got the homestand, so hopefully we're trying to grab a player, and um, it should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Word. That's
1: it. Bye. He gone.
2: He did it.